He knows New York. He is New York. Cred that the others don't have. Curtis Lewa, Talk Radio 77 WABC. Yes, Lou, uh, you know, this song supposedly was written uh, in honor of Al Gore. Al Gore, who invented the Internet. Al Gore, whose story was portrayed as a, oh, is that a love story there, you know, based on Harvard University or whatever. Anyway, the point is, this is the ultimate shout-out to the McWhitey-Whiteys out there. Because, Lou, I don't know about you, did you wake up this morning, Lou, and uh, wake up and then look at your skin? You were white, right? You need to apologize for that. You really do. Because what's happening right now, white supremacy is trending. Now, I realize, Lou, there's nothing you can do. You've been uh, born as a caucasoid. You've been a caucasoid all your years. But today is a day, according to the equity, uh, the equity marchers out there who no longer say that you must only say that black lives matter. Now you have to say that people of color lives matter, not white lives matter, not blue lives matter, not all lives matter. Only people of color lives matter. And Asians get excluded, Lou, because... They seem to be like a lot of white people of late, too. So they're excluded from the match there. So, Lou, I want you to get down on Wounded Knee. And I want you to apologize today, along with all the rest of the caucasoids out there who are listening, all of you white people, because the uh, young huckleberries here at WABC, you know, they're into social networking. Oh, we got to do Instagram. Oh, we got, oh, look at this tweet is trending. Oh, all the Twitter heads out there. So they come running in, Curtis, Curtis, look at what's trending now, it's white supremacy. I said, well, why today? You know, didn't Barack Obama and Michelle Obama have their portraits unveiled at the White House just yesterday? Doesn't matter, doesn't matter. We have to fall on our sword, those who are white people. And that includes you, Curtis. I said, okay, all right, hold on a second, hold on a second. I first want to return to what was uh, transpiring last night, Lou, because you were there. By the way, there were a lot of people there, mostly, I would say, white caucasoids, but there were people of color. There were black, Hispanic, Asians, and others. At Cipriani's, it was for the 100th anniversary of WABC and conflated with the birthday of our owner-operator, great talk show host in his own right, John Katsimatidis. And so we were raising the roof. There was great entertainment. There was uh, Vinnie Madugno, the rising star here at WABC. Obviously, Cousin Bruce, Tony Orlando without Dawn. Uh, there was Dina Martin. I mean, it was great. Absolutely great. Except for one point in the program. I was receiving, uh, what was that, Lou, the Lifetime Achievement Award for being 28 years at WABC, another four years at AM 970, the answer, four years I'll never get back in my life, and another year, at, believe it or not, 
Uh, WNYC, the uh, NPR station, I did that as a favor to Mike Kumbadichich, Rudy Giuliani, when he got uh, elected mayor of the city of New York. That was a disaster. But anyway, we're not going to go back into the time machine. So the whole program had been outlined, and I mean, a lot of people worked very hard, weeks on end, to make sure that everything went like clockwork. You know, there's like 600 people at Cipriani's. A lot of mockers, a lot of muckety-mucks. You need uh, cranes to get uh, people's egos in and out of that uh, hall. But all of a sudden, Frank Morano, the mamaluke, from uh, the whitest uh, borough in New York, Staten Island. You see, I have to say that because what is trending now, white supremacy. One might say that people out in Staten Island are white supremacists. I didn't say it. The trending, the hashtag says it. But anyway. So the old son of Staten Island, not the new son, Vinny Madugno, the old son of Staten Island, although we don't know how old he is, he is definitely a hipster, a millennial, but he is the oldest young guy you've ever want to know in your life. He is the host of The Other Side of Midnight, the Mama Luke Frank Morano. He was chosen to uh, give me the award for lifetime uh, achievement, I guess, at WABC for 28 years. I got to tell you, if they didn't drag this guy off the stage, if uh, Chad Lopez, our capo di tutti, our general manager, our presidente, did not grab him off the stage like the Sandman at the Apollo Theater, he'd still be talking. I just want to give you a little sample. Uh, Luke, because I know (laughs) we're masochists to have to listen to this all over again. Here's Frank Morano. He's never been in a crowd of more than 10 people in his whole life. There are now 600 people at Cipriani's. And here's his spiel. story about how John and Margo have touched their lives. And today, we're really in an opportunity to say thank you to you for making, literally, WABC great again. So thank you on behalf of all listeners and behalf of the, the air staff. It's a different place. What a brown nose, Lou. What a brown nose. Okay, he gets that out of the way. Thank I you, John. I'm the overnight host on WABC, 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. We are, that's prime time, at Woo. least in Australia. Wait, 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 and I'm uh, very pleased to tell you that we have... <laughs> as this is not about Frank Morano. We are number one in the ratings. But well, well, what, what, he's not number very one in the ratings. Get that guy off the stage. Look at him. He's talking about himself. I tell you what. Let's go back to this endless speech. I mean, it was probably longer than any of the speeches given by Fidel Castro and his prime behind the sugar cane curtain of Cuba or screwy Louis Farrakhan of the Nation of Islam. This guy just can't get on and on and on and on. So as part of what is trending, white supremacy. That's right. That's the hashtag. If you happen to be a cockazoid, if you happen to be white, today is a day that you have to apologize. You have to make amends. You have to do a mea copa, mea copa, mea maxima copa. No, and it's not like the summer of uh, 2020 when you were required, required to take a knee and pledge uh, all of your equity, all of your life to Black Lives Matter, which has become... Based on your generosity, big, large mansions. No, 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 this goes beyond that. This is about equity, Lou. You know, equity used to be it's not fair and impartial, right? No, 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 no. Now it's 
racial inclusion. Race is at the forefront of everything defined in what we do in life. Today is one of those days. So, Grandma, yesterday, uh, Kathy Crimewave Holcomb announced they're wearing masks in mass transit in the MTA, which she's in charge of, although you'd never know that because she never has any input. The money-taking agency, that wearing masks is now optional. So whether you're taking a subway or a bus in the city or a metro north up to Westchester, Connecticut, and upstate New York, or you're taking the Long Island Railroad out to um, Nassau or Suffolk. And uh, I decided, Lou, on my way up here, taking the B train, because I was looking for that perv, uh, you know, who decided to uh, show women the other morning that he was not suffering from erectile dysfunction and he was telling all the women in the subway car that there was nothing they could do because he had it like that and if they didn't like it, he'd stab them in the eyes. By the way, he's still on the use. So I went up and down the cars and I noticed, Lou, that most of the people wearing masks on that B train were white. Uh, blacks and Hispanics seem to have started to discard the mask, which was good. I, I don't wear the mask. So in order to play on white guilt, because a lot of them were out the caucus, I start going up to white people on the B train and I start saying to them, is the reason you're wearing masks is because you don't trust what black and Hispanic people are exhaling? Is that why you continue to wear the mask? <laughs> white people are taking the masks off real quick. <laughs> A few of the brothers had a good belly laugh. These white people were so filled with guilt, so filled with guilt. And yet there are a number of individuals out there who are saying, mask everybody up, mask them up, mask them up. Now, I don't know if I should give a high five since this is uh, uh, trending uh, white supremacy to AOC all out crazy. Uh, but before we get to AOC all out crazy, can we uh, see Frank Morano is still talking? Can, can we hear him? I wouldn't have it any other way. Curtis has the unique distinction of having hosted this every is single ten minutes in to his presentation. He finally starts talking about me. He's just supposed to give me an award. It's a simple two-minute intro, and then off you go. Look, here he goes, Marana. This guy's a male Hold off. Okay, we'll come back to this. Oh my God. Anyway, let me talk about AOC, all out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, leader of the Democratic Socialists of America, and those who are justice warriors. I don't know if I should give a credit on this, what is trending, white supremacy day, according to the hashtag. Because yesterday she said she could never be elected president of the United States. You're damn right, AOC, all out crazy. Because so many people in America hate women and would never let that happen. So, Lou, she wasn't blaming this on white people. She was saying men, mostly, misogynist, sexist, and that could be black and Hispanic and Asian men, too. So she went on to say that so many people in this country, notice she says this country, won't even say America, hate women. And they especially hate women of color. Oh, here it goes. Racial inclusion. And it's not just the right wing. Misogyny transcends political ideology. Left, right, center. In fact, look at the Bernie bros. Ah, ah, I knew that was a sore point. So do I give her, what do you think, any credit, uh, Lou? 
Mention, mention, poco, poco. She didn't totally blame it on white people on White Supremacy Day because white supremacy is trending, ladies and gentlemen. You need to know that. Uh, not your hash browns that you got at McDonald's, but rather it's a hashtag, white supremacy. So that means all white people today must buck and bow and acknowledge that they have benefited from their skin. Say that, Lou. You have benefited from your cockasoid skin. By the way, another story, New Jersey farmers are aging and Rutgers has said that they want to put together a new generation of farmers. Unfortunately, they said most of the potential candidates would be white, and there needs to be equity, there needs to be racial inclusion. And I guess the only crop here that you could be growing is homegrown, right? Because since marijuana is legal, uh, recreational and medical in New Jersey, you have to buy crop that's grown in New Jersey. So this makes sense. And with tomatoes almost unable to become uh, harvested and brought to your dinner table as a result of the ongoing drought and the heat wave in California, that's the other number one crop in uh, New Jersey. That's right, tomatoes. So maybe all of you, if you had an epiphany, if you had a change uh, of mind in terms of what you wanted to do in your life, as long as you are Asians, blacks, and Hispanics, you must become farmers in the Garden State, New Jersey, and grow tomatoes, which they call fruit in New Jersey, and we refer to as vegetables. But we'll give you a pass on that. Uh, Lou, can we go back to Frank? Is he still continuing to talk? If you listen to Curtis for the 12 hours of radio that he does on the weekend, it's like 15 minutes into an introduction to give me an award. Now, let's listen in here. 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. He's done 5 a.m. to 10 a.m., 10 a.m. to noon, noon to 3, 3 to 5. Uh, you name it, he has done every slot that there is. It's like doing and my wicked people are gonna people gonna start and they did. They started falling asleep. At a certain point, Chad Lopez was told by John and Marco, get up there, get him the hell off of the podium. He's already eaten up fifteen minutes of talk time, and this is just an introduction for Curtis Lewa. Knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Old man, look at my life. I'm a lot like you were. Old man, look at my life. I'm a lot like you Great song, Neil Young. That's why I stood with Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, and Joni Mitchell against Spotify and Musclehead Joe Rogan. Classic. And this uh, really will epitomize what I'll be talking about in this second segment of your Lunch Hour edition here at WABC. Everything that has to do with Altacacus. Old, not new. And I'm entitled to do that, Lou, because at 68, remember, uh, I had to endure like a half-hour presentation of maybe the oldest person to broadcast here at WABC. It's not me. It's Frank Morano, the Mama Luke. I mean, this guy, 
Uh, just to give you an idea, on the other side of midnight that he hosts Monday through Fridays from 1 in the morning to 5, he has theme music uh, that comes in with Al Josen. He's the president of the Al Josen uh, fan club. And Brother Can You Spare a Dime by Rudy Valley. That's his theme music. That gives you an idea. The guy is like a hipster millennial, but he's the oldest person here at WABC. And he was supposed to be giving me the Lifetime Achievement Award yesterday at our 100th anniversary that we all celebrated at Cipriani's. About 600 folks. And in addition, the birthday of our owner, founder, great talk show host in his own right, John Katsimatidis. So this guy, Frank, is going on and on and on. Lou, uh, can we get back to his... Uh, Listen, remember, he's giving me the award. He should have been in and out. Maybe two minutes max. Let's see where he is now uh, with his uh, ongoing speech. Remember, he never talked before more than 10 people in his life. There's 600 people. He won't give up the stage. He has dedicated his entire life to service. That's one of the reasons he's one of the most successful radio talk show hosts in New York, one of the most talented radio talk show hosts in the entire country, one of the reasons I'm proud to call him a friend and a mentor, and one of the reasons he's loved. Oh, get off the stage, my God. He's doing my Wikipedia there. Oh, newspaper boy. You think the audience wanted to hear that? They're all radio people. And he just went on and on and on. You know, maybe we could take him out of his misery because he really, he, he talked right into all my talk time. So I had a really truncated, and you know how difficult that is for me, uh, <laughs> to be very sparse with my language. But there was uh, something that came out, a study that I felt I wanted to share with all of you. Because I'd like to give Frank Morano a lot of free time. He needs free time <laughs> to become happier. This guy is like un miserable. And so many of you are miserable, especially those of you who have to work the nine-to-five shift. You're in a cubicle. You really hate your job. But there is a study now that suggests that too much free time won't make you happier. And I take you back to that classic. That classic that, Lou, you know you can't watch enough of because it so epitomizes the work situation in America for most office workers, Office Space, the 1999 cult classic, where the star is going over to his friend's place, they're having a brewski, and they're musing about what would you do if all of a sudden you had a million dollars? Lawrence, what would you do if you had a million dollars? I'll tell you what I'd do, man. Two chicks at the same time, man. <laughs> That's it? You had a million dollars, you, you'd do two chicks at the same time? Damn straight. I always wanted to do that, man. And I think if I were a millionaire, I could hook that up, too, because chicks dig dudes with money. Well, not all chicks. Well, the type of chicks that double up on a dude like me do. Good point. Well, what about you now? What would you do? Besides two chicks at the same time? Well, yeah. Nothing. Nothing, huh? I would relax. I would sit on my ass all day. I would do nothing. Well, you don't need a million dollars to do nothing, man. Take a look at my cousin. He's broke. Don't do s***. <laughs> well, guess what this study says, Lou? That if you regularly have more than five hours of discretionary time in the day, that's way too much because it undermines your sense of purpose. 
So if you happen to be a millionaire, Lou, living out there in the Irish Riviera, just sitting on your arse there, you know, on the beach uh, in a lawn chair, I got to point out to you that you need to have a sense of purpose. It does not require working at a paid job, but Lou, uh, maybe your volunteer work, you know, going along the beach, picking up the trash. You must do something. Meantime, this is dedicated to the senior citizens uh, who are the predominant listeners of talk radio. They have kept the tradition alive. 55 plus is the norm of the people who not only vote on a regular basis because all the young huckleberries, they complain about the elected officials, they complain about the process, but they don't vote unless it's a presidential year. In all of presidential year elections, it is people who are 55 plus who vote. It is people uh, 55 plus plus who take uh, responsibility for their civic concerns and attend community meetings. Basically, it's the 55 plus crowd that keeps America alive as we know it. And it is the 55 plus crowd that is under siege here in New York City. It is fear city without a doubt. I feel like Kurt Russell escaped from New York. But day after day, more and more senior citizens are under attack. Look at the old country yesterday. I mean, meticulously dressed. He was GQ down, 82 years old. He was in lower Manhattan, just a block away from Wall Street on Whitehall Street. He turns the corner. It's about 825. And then all of a sudden, he gets knocked upside the head. He doesn't realize it. It's with a machete. So I'm thinking, machete, this got to be MS-13. This is their calling card. No, it's this loony kazuni woman, uh, Deshi Calhoun, who apparently has done this seven times before, in which she attacks her victims with a machete and then sprays bear spray into them to make sure that they're not going to go after her, they're not going to recognize her, and this way she can do the bird. She did that again. Yesterday, to this 82-year-old guy, seven times she has attacked victims, mostly senior citizens with machetes, sprayed them with bear spray, goes in and out of the criminal court system of Alvin Bragg, that's right, the Manhattan DA, friend of all those accused, an enemy of the police. And then finally, as the 82-year-old guy, meticulously dressed, I mean, he says, look, Even though I'm retired, I want to get dressed every day like I did for all those years when I was going to work because it makes, it gives me a sense of purpose. But he goes, it has to be something to address these psych patients roaming in the streets and the subways. The quality of life is going down. What is going on in this city? This is a black man talking about the lack of a plan from the black man mayor, Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan. This is just a few blocks away from where the mayor hangs out at night, Club Zero Bond, and breaks uh, till the uh, light of dawn. Well, let's talk about this other senior citizen predator. Remember, we've been talking about him a lot. It was last Thursday where a 78-year-old woman was tossed out of the accessoride vehicle that was taking her for a rehab session uh, that she desperately needed. She had a cane in her hand. The guy wouldn't take it to the right address. Uh, this guy named Muhammad, who's finally uh, been incarcerated, taken into custody. He's an accessoride rider. He's licensed. He has all the proper background and vetting. And he decided he was going to steal the 78-year-old woman's cell phone 
kick her out of the uh, car, which he did on Avenue and in Marine Park, and then began to knock her down even more. She was fighting him off with the cane. Along came this good Samaritan, Ezra. He filmed it. Then he did an intervention. And then the guy, Muhammad, gets back in the accessorized car, rams him, trying to kill him to get him out of the way, and then disappears. It took the uh, NYPD five days to collar this guy. And in addition to arresting him, but then again, it's Eric Gonzalez, the DA of Brooklyn. You know this guy's going to be cut loose. Muhammad's license has since been suspended. Suspended, not revoked permanently. You know this bad boy's going to be back out driving again. No doubt, if not for accessoride, for Uber or Lyft or some livery car service, and he'll probably do it again and again and again. Speaking of senior citizens, Lou, I need a little music because we're talking about up in the neck in the Bronx. One of the last refuges for uh, mobsters choking on their lobsters, members of Italian organized crime. And in fact, I think this story took place in uh, what is called that quasi-country club uh, community. It's a private community, country club, right along the water there, the Long Island Sound. You can see the uh, Throgs Neck Bridge. Uh, you can see the Whitestone Bridge. But, oh, my God, here's the trifecta, the trinity, the troika. There is the mob father, loyal Panano guy, who was uh, Sylvester Zatola. Uh, and then there is the uh, son, Sal, Salvatore Zatola, oldest son. And then there's the young son, the evil seed. Well, they're all evil seeds, but he is the evilest of all evil seeds, Anthony Zatola. And this is playing out in Eastern District uh, in court, in which uh, all of a sudden yesterday, the older brother, Salvatore Zatola, took to the um, witness stand and broke the code of Omerta. Began talking about a crime that affected his father, affected him, and clearly was the result of the action of his youngest brother, who decided to settle all scores in their own family. The father was a big marker, owned a lot of real estate, Plus Joker Poker Machines. Now, Lou, I'm sure you play Joker Poker Machines in your lifetime. They own all the Joker Poker Machines there in the neck. And so Salvatore, the oldest son, was talking about how he had just cleaned out a few uh, Joker Poker Machines in the neck on Throg's Neck. And then returned home. I think it was the country club because it's right on the water. I, I stand to be corrected. He's talking to a few gobbles and then all of a sudden he sees a car roll up on him. And it's a brother, right? A brother with a Thule. And he goes, that's odd. You don't oftentimes see that in country club. And all of a sudden, the black guy, who turned out to be a blood, came out shooting. And Salvatore tripped on the curve and then started rolling. You probably saw the video. It played over and over again. And this blood guy, he's unloading on him. He's shooting at him, right, in his back and his head. Shot him seven times. And somehow, Salvatore survived. Salvatore was giving the benefit of the doubt to his younger brother, who was known to consort and hang out with blood gang members in uh, the Bronx in Brooklyn. But he said to himself, there's no way. Blood is sticking in water. There's no way that my youngest brother, Anthony, would have tried to have me hit. Impossible. 
My brother, Antony ain't no Fredo. But you see, originally Antony had plotted against the father by having home invasions done by Bloods. Again, hanging out with Bloods and not with Bananos. And they cleaned out his father's house and country club. That was signal number one. Then he tries to whack out his um, older brother. That's signal number two. And by the way, the last signal, Lou, the father, who should have known better, is in the drive-thru on Webster Avenue of Mickey D's. And you know what he's going to the drive-thru for? For a cup of coffee. Come on, a cup of coffee. Hey, I was a nighttime manager of McDonald's for years in the Bronx on East Fordham Road in Webster. He wasn't at that one. This had the drive-thru. Lou, you go right there, Belmont Arthur Avenue. You knew touch to the cafe, Medallia d'Oro. You get a nice cup of Italian coffee, but it costs you some coin. This guy was a cheapskate, so he's going to get the uh, coffee or whatever. So he's waiting there. He's online. It's his turn, and then all of a sudden, the same blood guys come back, Bouchon Shelton. And they, I mean, they pop him full of lead. I mean, they shred him up like a slice of Swiss cheese. Now, with all this said and done, all progresso breadcrumbs lead to the youngest son, the evil of all evilest seeds in this banana crime family caper of the Satola family from Country Club. And he decided to go outside of the family. He used blood members, black gang members. So who was sitting there but the sister? She's actually listening to all of this. Uh, Debbie Zatola, she's listening, and she was asked by a reporter, what, what do you think of what is being alleged that your youngest brother Anthony did? And she goes, there's no way. She said, look, I know my brother Anthony. We, we grew up, it was La Familia, all for one, one for all. No, no, there's no way that Anthony would have had my dad killed. There's no way that Anthony would have at all tried to have his older brother killed. But, Lou, what really blew my mind is the prosecutors in this case decided that they were not going to ask the older brother, Salvatore Zatola, if his brother ordered the attempted hit on him or ordered his father's murder. And he never even mentioned it on the stand. Hey, what the hell is this? The younger brother wants to take over the real estate empire of ill-gotten gain of the Zatola crime family or the Bonanno crime family in the Bronx in the Neck and Country Club. He decides to use the black gang, the Bloods, to commit that takeover. And this whole trial is about Anthony. The double evil seed, the bad, 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 bad boy son. And yet, at no point did the prosecutors say to the older brother, do you believe that your younger brother tried to have you whacked and tried to have your father, the patriarch, whacked? Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. The founder of the Guardian Angels. The group dedicated to fight crime. On the streets of New York and on the air right now. Curtis Lewa on 77 WABC. I'm from East New York. What? I'm from what? East New York. I'm from East New York. What? We're the guns to the talk. We're the guns to the talk. We're the guns to the talk. East New York, Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah the hip-hop homies, degenerate, murderers, thugs, shooters. Enough of this nonsense, Lou. Enough of this nonsense. They're low budget, but they go out there and shoot and loot, and they kill and maim, and they hold people hostage in East New York, Brooklyn. I know well. Spent a lot of time on Cleveland and New Lots. Last stop, and then the number two train. Now the number three, heart of East New York, Osborne and Hegeman, heart of Brownsville, never ran, never will, lived there for a year, and then obviously the rest of the time in Canarsie. So I know it well. And the reason I play that degenerate hip-hop monster song is that Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, yesterday was taking a victory lap at one police plaza over murder reductions in the uh, monthly... Uh, tabulations, where all other crime has zoomed up. He said, whoa, 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 murders are down, murders are down. He is correct. So he's taking a victory lap. Sort of reminded me like um, Bush 43. Remember that mission uh, accomplished speech he gave on the deck of the uh, aircraft carrier Abraham Lincoln in the Persian Gulf? I think it was in 2003, in which he said, it's the end of major combat operations in Iraq. He lied. You would think uh, politicians would know, don't, don't, don't take the lap, uh, don't take a victory lap, don't claim mission accomplished, because within hours, two homies uh, got shot back-to-back, belly-to-belly, killed within a uh, mile apart of one another in an ongoing gang battle. First one was shot at Sheffield and Hegeman, not far from where I live. From the Hood Fresh gang, he was shot like uh, nine times. He was dead on arrival to Brookdale Hospital. By the way, uh, you do not want to go to Brookdale Hospital if you don't have to. Trust me, I've been there many times. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you had a second guy shot and killed just two hours away uh, in a Nissan right on the corner of Belmont and Shepherd, Shot dead. Second killing in four hours in East New York. And the kids are on their way to school, first day of school. Uh, my three sons, Anthony, Carter, and uh, Hunter. Oh, no, not Hunter Biden. I don't know why the hell his mother gave him that name. But anyway, they're all three on their way to their public schools. And in East New York, the kids, they're looking at the yellow tape, you know, the tape that the uh, 75th Precinct put around the crime scenes. And this is what they have to see on their way to school, murder sites. Meantime, the head of the Department of Education, uh, the acronym Dumbest Organization Ever, with a bloated budget of $36 billion, even though 120,000 less students are going this year than went last year, has sworn that safety will be a top priority for the 900,000 students and faculty returning. While he's giving that press conference, right, over in a park in Brooklyn, 
not far from Fulton Street. There's a 15-year-old kid, Unique Smith, he's sitting there. And two gangbangers come up to him, and they throw signs at him, and they say, what gang are you with? He said, I'm not with a gang. They say, you're lying. They pull out a toolie, boom, they shoot him dead on arrival. Shot simply because he did not respond in kind to their gang affiliation sign. Uh, I doubt seriously he was a gang member. You never know. But the fact was he wasn't affiliated with them, so they decided to shoot him once right through the head, dead on arrival. And this is on a day in which you have these progressive liberal activists led by, oh, my God, Caban, the most uh, radical of the city council members, who are saying that we have to get rid of the gang database. This is how the NYPD stays on top of who the gangbangers are, sort of like following organized crime, the FBI, when they were forever busting Italians. It's like ICE. It does an extraordinarily great job at following uh, the activities of those gangs from their countries of origin. MS-13 from El Salvador, 18th Street from Mexico, the Norteños, the Sorreños from Mexico, and the Trinitarios from the Dominican Republic, even though our local elected officials, uh, Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, and former governor Andrew Evilize Como, King Como II, the son of Mario Facha Bruta Como, go out of their way to call ICE the thugs. ICE does a tremendous job at tracking gangs. Well, guess what? Uh, led by... Uh, uh, the radical uh, city council, they want to do away with this uh, gang database. That would be a big mistake. By the way, Lou, that uh, Yente, that male Yente, is Frank Morano still talking uh, as part of his introduction to me last night? And today, we're really in an opportunity to say thank you to you. Oh, my God. Ladies and gentlemen, Frank Morano, the oldest young guy you'd ever want to know was uh, supposed to simply introduce me uh, for the Lifetime Achievement Award at WABC, simply because I've been here 28 years. Not a biggie. The big uh, ceremony was the 100th anniversary of WABC, conflated with the birthday of our owner-operator, great talk show host in his own right, John Katsimatini. So he's only supposed to do maximum a two-minute introduction. He spoke for 45 freaking minutes. Yeah, you hear that guy? Shut up. Guy, he's talking about himself. People were falling asleep. Finally, John and Margo had to send Chad Lopez out there like the Sandman at the Apollo Theater to pull him off. Oh, my God. Shut up. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.